0: Now it's time for Inspirational Women, and we meet Stephanie Morham, a green living expert, the CEO and founder of Good Girl Gone Green. Stephanie has a very practical and steady approach to something that each of us needs to do to live as gently as possible on our planet. Stephanie Morham, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I am so grateful that we have this opportunity. I first saw some information about you and the work that you're doing, and it was specifically geared actually to clothing and how... 85% 85% of our clothing ends up in landfills. And I thought, oh, that's really awful, stunning, terrible, because I'm really conscious myself about my clothes and uh, what to do with them and wanting to recycle and, and uh, get kind of stymied. So I thought, oh, perfect. This is going to be a, a great time to learn something important. And the real critical thing is being able to do something good for our planet, right? Right. Right. So was that, we're going to get to the clothing bit, uh, as well as other things as time permits, but in terms of your inspiration, what was it that happened with clothing specifically that got you moving in this direction?
1: Well, it wasn't specifically clothing that kind of changed everything for me. It was about 12 years ago when I was watching the movie Food, Inc., and that is what changed everything for me because I started questioning why. Um, And so it started with food, questioning the food that um, my husband and I were eating, um, how, you know, animals are treated and, and, you know, how farming works. And so that kind of started my why, like why, you know, like as kids in kindergarten, you know, we're always like, why mom, why dad, why this, why that? So this was like my why. And that kind of led to getting pregnant with my daughter and then questioning the products that we were potentially putting on our bodies, putting on my body that could affect her while I'm pregnant. And then um, also seeing that as new parents, we were being marketed and bombarded with so many things that we needed to buy when actually we don't need to buy everything we're marketed. And clothing started to come up. And it started to come up in respect that children own a lot of clothing. They get a lot of clothing and they don't wear them for very long. So I started researching clothing a little bit and I was looking at organic clothing. I was looking at different materials that I would want to have my child sleep in. I started buying secondhand. I started buying organic cotton and I still thought about it, but then I would say the last four or five years, I was really been going down a rabbit hole of looking at where our clothing comes from and how disposable clothing is and how fast fashion is exactly that fast and then disposable and that there has to be a better way for us to still wear clothing because we all want to wear clothing, but not constantly throwing out something we've worn twice Right? Is yes. there other things we can do with this clothing besides just throwing it in a landfill or having it burned?
0: Exactly. It just really feels incomprehensible that we spend so much of our income on this, and then it ends up in landfills. Uh, it might sit in our closet, which is also taking up space, and, and we think of people who perhaps don't have enough. So you have come up with some really good steps in terms of what to do about this. I
1: think the first thing is to, you know, say you're in your closet and you just see tons of clothing, go through your closet. Just look at stuff. Okay, is this wearable? Yes, it's wearable, but I don't wear it anymore. Okay, put that in a pile, and that could be something you could potentially resell. Then you can look at other things. So yes, I wear this, so keep it in your closet. Then you might look at other things and say, I don't wear this, but it has a hole in it. Okay, can I repair it because I love this shirt um, before it goes into the trash? You know, my kids get holes in their clothing all the time. So I don't throw them out. I fix them. I get patches put on their clothing. They still wear them. So I think, you know, people forget that clothing can be fixed. It doesn't have to just be tossed away. But I love the concept of reselling our clothing because, you know, the old saying, someone's trash can be your treasure, right? Mm -hmm. So it's you can make money and you can also save money. So you could go to a thrift store and you can walk around and find so many cool things, clothing, other items, and at a fraction of the price than what you would pay retail. And then you're not putting money into the fast fashion industry. And then if you're looking to make money, you can resell your own clothing. There are so many sites. There's high end sites, then there's you know, sites that you know will sell like traditional fast fashion, but then there's tons of sites where if you want, you know, the high end, if you're a Gucci person or a Chanel person, you're like, I like that stuff, but I don't know if I want to pay the high ticket and I don't know if I want to really buy that fast fashion. There's sites where people don't want that stuff anymore and they're in great condition and you'll, again, save money. And then if you have that stuff as well, if you have a Chanel bag you don't want anymore, You can sell it and then you make your money back and then you can go, you know, go on vacation or like, you know, buy something else that you need or save your money, whatever it is. But I think reselling is just, it's smart because you're making money, but then somebody is buying something that you no longer want anymore.
0: And that idea really appeals to me. A little caveat, though. In these more recent days, as I look at shipping costs, which really feel astronomical, what do you think about that, Stephanie?
1: Well, I think personally me, I always go to thrift stores first just because I'm the one going to the store and there's so much clothing there that I can sift through the clothing. Um, But sometimes people don't have time to go to a thrift store for a couple of hours or there's not, let's say, a high-end thrift store near their house and they really want something high end, but they just don't want to pay the price and they just don't want to buy something new. So yes, shipping prices are definitely up. I would say as a tip around that is, you know, if let's say you're using Poshmark, Poshmark is a great site where you can sell your clothing and also buy clothing and you put up a little profile and you basically have a store and it shows all the clothing and all the items that you're selling. I would suggest if you are buying online, let's say from something like Poshmark, you know, maybe try to buy from the same seller. So it's just one package being shipped to you versus multiple packages being shipped. Um, There's another great site called Fashion File. They're definitely a high end website where you're finding like the Chanel and you're finding like the Gucci and all that. But for them, it's all being shipped together. You're not selling you're not there's not multiple sellers on the website like Poshmark Um, they take whatever it is that you want to sell and they put it on the website and then it all gets shipped so there you would save on shipping just because if you bought multiple things off of fashion file it's all coming from one spot it's coming from that one company so there's so many options and yes don't get me wrong shipping can be expensive but I think if you're also saving money on the clothing you're buying, right? If you are buying a pair of jeans that normally costs $150, but you're getting them, let's say, on Poshmark, or you're getting them on, um, there's so many other websites out there, um, even Facebook Marketplace, (laughs) and you're buying them for maybe $50, you're saving $100 because you bought them secondhand. So, yes, shipping costs are higher, but I do believe that we're also saving money because, we are buying secondhand. And if you really, really don't want to ship, like Facebook Marketplace, I don't think people realize is a gold mine. (laughs) Like it really, really is. There's so much stuff that I bought plants on Facebook Marketplace, (laughs) you know, like there's everything there and you just go pick it up. You don't, nothing gets shipped to you. So I think that's also an option. If you really don't want the shipping, then you just find a site where you can pick up the stuff like
0: Facebook Marketplace, for example. And so I'm not familiar with that, but it sounds really intriguing because it sounds like you must be looking in your own vicinity, like, say, maybe a 20-mile radius or something so that you can go and pick it up, right?
1: Right. So Facebook, you know, on Facebook, they have a marketplace. So if you have a Facebook account, you can go on, you can sell your stuff. But let's say I'm looking for a pair of jeans or, you know, my daughter loves books. So I always go to Facebook Marketplace to find books, and then you put the radius. I put the area that I'm willing to drive to, you know, whether it's 10 miles, 15 miles, whatever that is. And then it pops up whatever book I'm looking for and in that radius. And then it shows the different prices, the different people, and then you just go pick it up. You know, sometimes they leave it outside, and you can, like – Send them the money electronically or you can, you know, just leave cash for them. But that's another way if you don't want the shipping. But I just feel that you are saving like quite a bit of money by going to these different websites that it kind of balances out on the shipping. But you could also go to thrift stores. Thrift stores are great, like I mentioned. So that could be another option if you really don't want, you know, have that cost of shipping.
0: Right. And you mentioned in the release that I received that you also recommend having a garage sale.
1: Yeah, garage sales are amazing. So garage sale is start, season is starting here. Um, our small town, a couple times a year, will have like a town-wide garage sale where, you know, that weekend you can just put out your table and have a garage sale. And it's kind of cool because you walk around the neighborhood. You know, I met my neighbors that I, you know, maybe haven't spoken to before. Um, and also you might find some really good treasures. You know, a lot of people actually at garage sales sell old clothing, and a lot of the time it's still in good condition. You might find a pair of jeans or a blouse, or let's say you need something that's not fancy. You you know, I don't know what it is. You might need like a, an old T-shirt because you don't have one at home. <laughs> you just need an old T-shirt. Well, you might find an old T-shirt when you're walking, or you might find something that you do need, and again, someone else's trash is definitely could be your treasure so I love garage sales because I feel like I find super unique things when I'm walking around with my kids you know for example my son wanted he has a football at home and he's like I want a stand and I was like oh I'll check out Facebook marketplace we happened to be walking around you know a couple of weeks ago for this garage sale and someone was selling one for like two dollars so I was like I'll take it right they didn't want it anymore my son's gonna use it he's nine And, you know, when we don't need it anymore, it's made of rubber, it's still going to function in like, as long as he doesn't lose it, of course, but it'll still function, you know, in how many years that he's not going to want to use it anymore. So I just think garage shows are a great way as well to like bring community, but then also find some really cool stuff that some people don't want to sell online. Some people don't want to go through the hassle of taking pictures of their stuff So they either donate their stuff or they do grass sales to make some extra money. So you might find some really cool stuff as you're, you know, walking around and grass sales,
0: grass sailing. And the thing that's really so important Here And chances are we already have this mentality, but if not, it might push us in that direction, is that we just use so many resources and then just kind of abuse them by stuffing them away or collecting them in an attic or, you know, just throwing them ultimately in the landfill, which, you know, it started this. So here we're seeing where we can keep repurposing until such time as those threads just, I guess... Totally disintegrate. Right.
1: Yeah, I think it's, you know, we live in a disposable world right now where it's fast, right? We go buy food and it's like, how fast can we get that food? Amazon is a perfect example. It's like, how fast can Amazon deliver something to you, right? So it's that fast mentality and also disposable. It's, you know, the disposable straws, the disposable cutlery, the containers we're getting our food in, everything just seems so disposable. And clothing is no different. I feel like. It's just, oh, this is trendy right now. I'm going to buy it, and it costs X amount of money, but then within a month, we don't want it. And what I often say to people is, when you buy that T-shirt, like say you're buying new, and it costs $5, think about the cost of the materials that were needed for that, the transportation, and then someone had to be paid to make it. And $5 doesn't seem like a lot. For me, it's not, you know. And, you know, then some people will see sustainable clothing and say, wow, that sweater was $50 or that organic sweater was $75. But to relay back to people is, yes, it's more expensive, but that should actually be the cost of our clothing because it wasn't made overseas. And, you know, not everything made overseas, obviously, is, is bad. I just mean that a lot of the time when stuff is made, over, you know, further away, it's, you know, there's, there's, there's no laws about labor like there is, you know, in North America. So we have this clothing and we're paying $5 for this t-shirt, but again, like break down. (laughs) Someone had to make it. You needed the materials. It had to be shipped. It has to be packaged. It just, and there has to be profit in there, right? There has to be profit. The company has to make a profit. So I often feel like, you know, in this whole disposable world that we lived in, this fast world, and that's why it's called fast fashion because it's made fast and then it's also disposed of fast. Um, If we could just slow down and literally smell the roses and say, wow, if somebody sitting in their kitchen made you a sweater, whether it was organic cotton or not organic cotton, it's going to take them some time to make it and their time is valuable, right? That time of making that sweater that... This woman or man makes sitting in their house, you know, cutting it up, getting the supplies. I mean, if you think about it, their time is worth more than five dollars. Oh. so it's to rethink that, rethink where stuff is coming from, and that's why I really you know sometimes buying second hand is better for the environment because we're not continuing like continuing that cycle of the fast fashion where. Women are being paid super low wages in toxic environments to make clothing for us, so we look pretty.
0: So there's a couple of things there in terms <laughs> of you know what we buy, and and the source of that is to consider right. buying more locally. And and that it, it crosses is a lot of boundaries in, in terms of the things that we we want, but also perhaps not be we've become so accustomed because we're so bombarded with so much advertising about the new this and the new that, Mm -hmm. that we always need that new fashion. But perhaps as in decades and way in the past, (laughs) people would have a nice outfit, like a going to church outfit, and then they would have their work outfit. Or maybe they have two of each. But now we have, you know, dozens of each, correct? Yeah, like, again,
1: it's that fast fashion. Like, because you can get the clothing so fast, because it's cheaply made, that we can have 10 t-shirts, buy 10 t-shirts at once. You know, we can, we can have all these sweaters, we can have all these pants, we can have all this stuff because it's inexpensive to buy. But there's always a cost. It's not costing us financially to buy that sweater, but someone else is paying the price down the line. Whether it's the workers, um, which usually is the workers that are paying that cost because They are the ones creating the product and they're not being paid a fair wage because the company has to make a profit somewhere down the line. So, you know, and it's not to say that, you know, definitely buying sustainable fashion brands is more expensive and isn't always in someone's budget. And if it's not in your budget for what, you know, to buy, you know, maybe organic clothing, you have two options. If you decide to buy fast fashion because that's where you're at, then wear that clothing until you can no longer wear it any longer. Just keep wearing it and shop your closet, meaning whatever you have in your closet, like keep wearing that. Like I have clothing, you know, from like university that I wear, um, you know, like old sweaters, they still function. They're to wear around the house. I don't need a fancy sweater to wear in my house. And then also, you know, if, you, if you're if you not in a position to Buy that sustainable fashion, like I said, then you know it's it's just keep wearing it over and over again as much as you can, and then only buy what you need you know if you don't need fifteen white t- shirts maybe you know buy what you need and just wear your clothing until it can no longer be wearable
0: so there's so much that's tied into <laughs> this in in terms of our consciousness in terms of mm-hmm. philosophy and I feel, Stephanie, what you're sharing with us is something that really is critical for for us to embrace at whatever level we're at. Just because, you know, if we look to today and the near future and way into the future, if we really want a healthy planet, we need to be embracing this.
1: Right, and it's and it's not to shame anyone. That's like never my goal, ever, ever, or make anyone ever feel guilty because. They do buy fast fashion you know we all do the best that we can with the knowledge that we have and like I mentioned before if you're in a position you're like I can't spend seventy five dollars on a sweater because I have four kids then buy the sweater that you can' afford but just make sure that that sweater lasts right make sure it lasts as as long as it can last and then when it no longer fits your children, maybe you resell it maybe you pass it down to other friends so that sweater just going until it can no longer be wearable, you know. Um, And I just think, you know, sustainable fashion, eco fashion, whatever you want to call it, slow fashion. um, It's people are starting to realize that there's people behind the clothing that's being made. And that if we start demanding change, and we slowly start you know, buying better clothing, then the industry is going to have no choice but to eventually pivot and start realizing that the people making our clothing deserve to be respected. They deserve a fair wage. I don't think anybody that's listening right now would want to be paid $4 to make a shirt. Right. (laughs) And I think we forget that because we just see the shirt. You don't see that everything that goes behind it. So it's just to be conscious of your decisions and make, you know, every day, maybe make a better choice than the day before. And someone might be listening to me like, I can't afford to throw my clothing on. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you do decide to buy something new, maybe just step back and say, I wonder who made that. I wonder who the face is behind the person that made that sweater for me or made those that shirt for me. And is that the company I want to buy from? And if it's yes, then just wear that sweater as long as you can wear it. Or go find something secondhand at the thrift store or you know online at something like Poshmark or Fashion File, or there's like other sites called TradeZ, there's Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> Spread Up, they're all great options to buy stuff secondhand.
0: And we should mention, let's mention your website, Stephanie, because there's <laughs> such a wealth of information there, be way beyond what we're able to touch on this morning.
1: Yeah, so you can find me at com, And I also have a podcast as well called Green Junkie. And um, it's just a, a podcast all about green living, um, all about sustainability and a host of different topics. And I have guests on it well that are, you know, more experts in different fields. So it's just a great, I feel like it's, you know, with my podcast, I'm going to say it's great, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's just, there's so much variety on it that there's something there for everybody, no matter where somebody is on their journey, whether it's they want to learn about sustainable fashion, or they want to learn how to like reduce their plastic, or they want to learn, you know, they have kids and they want to have like, less waste in their lunches. They want to learn how to compost. I think there's like, there's a variety of topics that, you know, that someone could kind of bend and learn about on the podcast.
0: So you mentioned you started this journey about a dozen years ago, Stephanie, <laughs> with watching Food, Inc. So where is your journey today in terms of food and nutrition and health?
1: I think I'm always learning. I'm always down that rabbit hole of asking questions, asking why. I feel like a kid half the time, like, why, why, why? <laughs> Um, you know, I think it's just at the time um I ate meat. My family eats meat now. I decided to go vegan, so I ate a vegan diet for my own reasons. You know, we're just more conscious. We buy local, we buy local food, we buy organic food, and we do this because we want to support the local economy and we want to have the least amount of pesticides being sprayed. So, again, organic food is a whole other topic, but you know, organic food is sprayed with pesticides, but it's just a different type of pesticide that is approved by organic farming. But all that to say is it's not as harmful as like traditional pesticides. So that's kind of where we're at. You know, we exercise a lot, Um, you know, we're in nature, you know, and just respecting the earth and respecting the planet for me, it's like a whole cycle. It's not just, oh, I'm buying sustainable fashion. It's just the earth as a whole, right? Like respecting the trees, respecting you know the animals that potentially give their life to put food on our tables and just it's kind of like a full circle for me and things change things have definitely changed in the last 12 years and it's funny to see my kids because this is all they know they don't know anything different you know my daughter embraces buying secondhand clothing they embrace you know that their lunches sometimes look different than their their friends lunches and stuff like that but For the most part, they embrace it and it's kind of just their way of life now is living this lifestyle.
0: So how is it that their lunches would look different from their friends?
1: Well, just we're heavily on this whole like reusable thing. So their lunch boxes, you know, they might not be like the plastic containers or, you know, they might have organic food that doesn't look like traditional. So their granola bars might look different than the average granola bar that someone might just buy like a regular granola bar or, you know, They don't have like that traditional white, white bread that like another family might have. And there's no shame. Like we're all on our journey. It's just sometimes they look a little bit different and I put different things in their lunches. Um, We try to use the least amount of packaging as possible. So there's not a lot of processed foods in their lunches. Where a lot of traditional families, again, we live in this fast paced world and a lot of the time it's two working parents and we just, hanging on by a thread sometimes and you just got to get that lunch together and you just put what you can in the lunch so sometimes they look a little bit different um but they love it they like their lunches
0: and i would guess that they probably are teachers to their friends
1: yeah i mean they talk about these things and i remember one day my my son came home or it was my daughter i was like mommy mommy there's like another organic kid just like me in my class (laughs) just meaning like they had similar granola bars and they, you know, ate organic food and they had stainless steel containers and stainless steel water bottles. So he called it like, there's another kid just like me in the class. And I'm like, this is going to become more common. Like this is, this is what's going to be common, you know, in X amount of years versus, you know, the disposable world. Like I feel like there's going to be a shift and it's going to be the future generations that are going to see that, you know, I can't wait till, I remember a time when I would bring my reusable bags to a grocery store and people would look at you funny or I would bring reusable bags to put my produce in and sometimes you get funny looks because you're not grabbing the plastic and it's shifting now where I'm not giving dirty looks to people but you can see where more people have the reusables and then when you take a plastic bag people are like, Do you really just take a plastic bag? (laughs) You know, like it's shifting. It's that mindset is shifting where people are more conscious of their action, whether it's fashion, whether it's just composting whether it's you know the plastic they're consuming and the waste that they're creating so I feel like that shift is happening it's just going to take time and it's going to be like the younger generations that are going to help flip that switch of hey you're getting a coffee or you're getting a tea at a coffee shop like where's your reusable mug you don't take a disposable one right Right. so I think that's where things are going to start to change.
0: And you mentioned, in terms of (laughs) carrying your own bags to the grocery store, here in Washington State, that now is the rule. If you want another bag, you pay for something. But typically, people are carrying in their own bags to carry their groceries home. So. Yes. So that shift is already happening. It can sometimes take a while, but sometimes it happens just very quickly. And so I wanted to ask you then, just as a maybe a wrap-up note in terms of water bottles. So there are BPA-free plastic bottles, but are stainless right. steel better?
1: Well, me personally, I like stainless steel and glass better just because there's no coatings or anything on it where something might be BPA-free, but there's still sometimes something else that they use within the plastic. I mean, I still use plastic. I'm not going to lie. Like we have two plastic water bottles because that's what fits on our bikes because the stainless steel doesn't fit and they're BPA free. I just personally don't heat up plastic um, in any sort of cooking or anything. I stick to steel and glass. But I mean, if that's what you have, if you have a plastic water bottle and that's what you can afford right now, And that's the position that you're in then it's still better than buying plastic water bottles disposable plastic water bottles right Right. plastic disposable water bottles are made for single use they're not made to be used over and over that's why the plastic is so different than plastic that's in a reusable water bottle it's like that that crinkly sound that you keep hearing on a water bottle they're not made to be used over and over so you know toxins do could potentially leach into your water if you keep reusing it but you know when it comes to a reusable water bottle if that's what you have that's what you have use that and then when you're in a position where you want to get stainless steel because they're sturdier and they'll last longer then get one but i went to a thrift store and there was so many stainless steel water bottles like good quality stainless steel water bottles for like five dollars and if you were to buy them new they would be like 30 dollars. so again there's ways if you don't want to use plastic that you can shift to the stainless steel. And again, it's looking at someone else's junk is now your treasure, right? Mm -hmm. I needed a stainless steel water bottle. I was like, I'm going to go check the thrift store. I was so surprised how much I saw. And I bought one and
0: paid five bucks for it. So perfect. You are so perfect in this. I know you're saying I'm a a work in progress right (laughs) Right. but this is such an important conversation and I'm just so excited with having had this time to share your experiences Stephanie Morham people can connect with you on your website as we mentioned earlier you also have Instagram so let's mention that as a way to connect
1: yeah, I'm on Instagram at this is Stephanie Morem. I hang out there a lot. I'm also on TikTok. If anyone likes TikTok,
0: <laughs> perfect. Well, I am just so grateful for uh, your insights, your experiences, and spending time with us this morning. It's just been wonderful.
1: Well, thank you so much, and I'd love to leave the audience with one thing, because I know that they're probably a little bit overwhelmed with all the information. And I really believe when it comes to sustainability and green living, is to do one thing to move the needle forward on your journey and create a habit around it. So if it's bringing reusable bags to the store, just concentrate on that until it becomes a habit and then move on to the next thing. Then if it's sustainable fashion and thrifting, like concentrate on that and make it a habit where you thrift and make it a habit where you buy sustainable clothing and stuff like that. And then move on to the next part, because if we try to do it all, that's when people, you know, literally are a deer in the headlights and they don't know which direction to take. And then, We end up doing nothing. So not to be so hard on yourself, be gentle on yourself and just do one thing that'll move that sustainability needle forward for you.
0: Truly great words of wisdom. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) You're welcome, Stephanie Morum. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Stephanie Morum and Sunday Morning Magazine with Mitch Mitchell. Find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, and then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of taking time to plan for living simply and thoughtfully. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.